Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Better strap yourself in. It's time for the Howie Car Show. President Biden is reporting that you're stepping down to actually go work for the campaign to get out the climate vote, the youth vote. How do you do, fellow kids? What? Here's the thing. The economy is actually very strong right now. I know, I know the feel, the feelonomics. I think that's how you say it. Live from the Matthews Brothers Studios. Now, are, are you scared, first of all, what could happen if Trump ever became, God forbid, president again? I'm so Utah has taken, you know, a big step forward in paying teachers what they deserve. You're not going to clap for that? That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Rump swabs, hacks, and moon bats beware. It's... Howie Carr. 844-500-4242, a jam-packed news day. It continues uh, this hour. We'll be joined at the bottom of the hour by former FBI analyst George Hill, one of the whistleblowers for Jim Jordan. He'll be talking about these latest developments with the uh, deep state uh, surreptitious, maybe not so surreptitious campaign against Trump supporters, Christians, people who shop at Dick's Sporting Goods, et cetera, et cetera. But that'll be at 6.30. Right now, we're going to talk to uh, Senator Peter Durant. And uh, as you know, or maybe maybe you don't know, <laughs> maybe maybe you missed it. Maybe you were watching uh, President Trump's speech last night from uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. But the State of the State address was delivered at, in, uh, in the House chambers at the State House by uh, Governor Mara Healey. It was her first State of the State. And she tried to put a shine on a sneaker, as they say. And uh, afterwards, uh, Senator Peter Durant, the newest member of the uh, Massachusetts State Senate, the first Republican, new Republican elected in a very long time, uh, delivered the the rebuttal to the, uh, the response, the Republican response to the state of the state. And we wanted to have him on to discuss uh, the to discuss what really is the state of the state in Massachusetts. And uh, Senator Peter Durant, thanks for being with us here on the Howie Carr Show. Thanks for having me on, Howie. I appreciate it. So the, give us a uh, give us a capsule uh, account starting out with, what, with uh, what you... Well, tell us first what she said and then your response. <laughs> well, she seemed to think that the, um, that the economy was going swimmingly well, um, <laughs> that the, the migrant crisis is well under control. People are getting jobs, um, and she's issuing a lot of a, a lot of various free programs for everybody. So um, it, it was quite the rousing speech. I drinks I all around. Drinks drinks for everyone, <laughs> and she uh, she delivered it well. You know, she delivered it with a straight face, and um, you know, I guess I guess that some people will believe that. Um, but you know how we, we know that the, the fact of the matter is that, you know, things aren't going well, and we're losing population. We've been talking about this now for almost a year. We're losing population. We have migrants coming in by the busloads, 
um, with no end in sight. Our budget is starting to, to lose money. We're not taking in the money we thought we were going to take in. But um, but not if you listened last night. Everything was peachy and, peachy and uh, fine going on last night. And you just pointed out that, uh, again, we we are losing money. Well, she, didn't she say that she's not going to raise taxes? She did say that she wasn't going to. Well, you know, she has indicated that she's got a lot of free programs going on, um, a lot of things. And I will say that afterwards, um, Speaker Mariano and, and Senate President Spilka both said that they are not interested in raising taxes. And, and I have to hand it to Speaker Mariano, and I'm not, I'm not in the habit of doing this, but I have to hand it to him when asked if he was going to raise taxes. Uh, he said, um, he said we, just lo- we, we just had a tax cut. You expect us to give now a tax increase? We're not schizophrenic, which I thought was a pretty good line. But um, but you know so so neither neither chambers have indicated that uh, we're interested in in raising taxes. So I don't know where she's going to come up with all this money. And she's go- she's going to dramatically increase funding for the MBTA. And uh, you know it's I guess you know you want to make the the rapid transit system the mass transit system good and uh, or at least usable for the for the metropolitan area but i mean all the all the billions and billions and billions that's been thrown at the uh, at, at the MBTA over the years and, and we basically have nothing to show for it why does she think that somehow it's going to uh, this is going to be any different you know that's exactly right is is so much money has been spent not just by her but by previous administrations going back as long as i can remember uh, throwing money at this MBTA problem and nothing ever seems to get done. Um, I, I think we can we can point to a um, um, one victory is that the the green line no longer has to only go five miles an hour. So you know that's making some progress, but they just don't seem to have any kind of grasp as to what's going on there. They're offering incentives for people to to come work for the MBTA, and they they still can't even get people to come work for them. Nobody wants to be there. Um, so. You know, when we talk about expanding these uh, the, the trains, and out here where I am in central Massachusetts, there's a lot of talk about east-west rail, um, and this is just throwing good money after bad. I, I think we can do a lot of things, but, but public transportation certainly needs help, but it, it can't be our top priority. We need, to, we need to actually keep people in their communities and let them work, let them work closer to home instead of shipping everybody from central Mass out to Boston every day. We're talking to Senator Peter Durant. He delivered the Republican response to uh, Governor Mara Healey's uh, State of the State address last night. What, what's the situation with tax revenues? It's been down. Uh, it's it's down now for the year, I think, uh, close to $800 million. Yeah. yeah. At, so we're down about, uh, as you say, about $800 million, which is it's, uh, around 750 and change, but who's counting? Um, we expect that it's going to end up around a billion dollars short. You know how, and, and the thing is, is that the the days of easy money, which occurred over the last three, four years when we were still in this pandemic and, and the federal government was just throwing money at us, you, those days are gone. Our budget has gone from $42 billion in 2020 to $56 billion in 2024. So that's just an enormous amount of spending. Now that money's dried up, and we don't know where it's going to come from. So we actually need some responsible adults in the room to 
to put together a budget for Massachusetts to say we're going to prioritize those things that are important to us um, and, and fund them properly. But, you know, we have a governor who I'm not sure what her priorities are. Her, her top priority seems to be climate change and, um, and not, say, I don't know, police protection, fire protection, because those are the things that when she issued her cuts, she just cut. So... You know, I don't she, know what and, and you know this it's be. the same it's the same old business as usual or funny bit monkey business as usual at the state house she just hired the uh the former uh, chairman of the mass democratic party for a for a, basically a made up job at the department of transportation as the legislative liaison or some such thing i mean like they like that's a needed job i mean this is this is a serious situation i mean we have to as you, as you know better than me under the state constitution, you have to have a balanced budget. What are they going to do? We do. We actually have to have a balanced budget, which is one of the good things we've got. That's a great thing we've got in the constitution. Um, and so you're right. We don't. It's going to be interesting to see how this comes out. Like I say, one of the things I always say, Howie, is when you when you put one of these programs out there, and whether it is you know uh, a free pre-K for for all students or free school lunches or anything like that. The question that you just have to ask is, okay, those are great, but what are you going to cut to get there? And that's, you know, that's where we start getting into priorities. Once we start a program, as you know, it very rarely goes away. And yeah. so you either all, have all to, these have pandemic to... programs that are ending. Oh, they're going to have to pay rent again. Oh, yeah. it's a disaster. They're going to have to pay back their student loans again. Oh. I mean, everything, every every uh, thing that's supposed to be a temporary uh, panacea is, is becomes permanent, and it's the end of the world if it's taken away. Exactly. There's protests in the street because you, you have to pay back your student loans or you have to pay your rent. Um, so these are some of the problems that we're going to run up against. And, again, you know, the governor's going to come out with her budget in a couple of weeks. We'll see what that is. Now, there is an old saying on Beacon Hill, which is, which is the governor proposes – and the legislature disposes. Right. But, you know, the, the governor sets the tone for what her priorities are and what this budget should look like. And then, and then the, uh, as you know, the House takes over. But um, this is going to be interesting. How do you propose to pay for these programs that you want? How do you propose anything other than um, a budget that has less money next year than, is, than this what, One last year? question. Is there... Acceptable. Is there any indication that the uh, that the flight of uh, people who work for a living is uh, is uh, you know uh, slowing down in Massachusetts or is it accelerating? Well, we haven't got any indication that it's been slowing down. And again, remember that's eleven hundred people per week. And how you know one of the uh, uh, issues that I said last night was it, this is not um, this is not rocket science. It's simple math. When you have eleven hundred people per week, taxpayers leaving, and you replace them with those who are on the, uh, in the system, they're tax takers. Welfare. It doesn't take, it doesn't take long for that equation to flip. And, um, and that's what we're seeing here. That's why revenue is down. What a mess. What a mess. I hope the Republicans can uh, make gains at the uh, legislative level this year. You know, we're looking for it. I think we've got some great candidates out there. I think we've got some good opportunities uh, to make some gains, and and I think people have had enough. So we're we're encouraging everybody to, to help out, come out, and vote. Yeah, 
you first you got to vote in the uh, state committee fights on uh, Super Tuesday, March fifth, because uh, uh, right. got to keep got to keep the uh, party apparatus in control of people who want to win elections rather than uh, hire private eyes and sue sue uh, other Republicans they disagree with. That's that's a yeah. that's been a disastrous path until uh, Amy Carnavale took over last year. Peter Durant, thanks for being with us and uh, thanks for your uh, hard work and keep us informed about what's going on on uh, Beacon Hill. We appreciate it. 844-500-4242. I'm Howie Carr. Did you know that between hosting a four-hour radio show, multiple media hits, political advocacy, and walking Roscoe the Wonder Pug. I call it a dog. Howie still finds time to write three columns a week. Oh, wow. Read his latest at HowieCarshow.com. He's Howie Carr, and he's back. Today's poll question is brought to you by Eden Rafferty Attorneys at Law. To see what happened to my leg while having cryo performed at Restore Hyper Wellness, go to EdenRafferty.com. Taylor, what's the poll question? What's the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at HowieCarshow.com, is... Who would you vote for in the New Hampshire Democrat primary next week? Marianne Williamson, Representative Dean Phillips, or I'd write in Joe Biden. I would vote for Dean Phillips, the 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 next Eugene McCarthy in New Hampshire. Fifty nine percent say Dean Phillips, twenty seven percent say Marianne Williamson, and fourteen percent say Joe Biden. All right. 844-500-4242. 781 says, this Turtle Boy stuff is kind of specialized. Many of your listeners, like me, wonder what's going on, why the guy has a dumb alias. Is he some kind of perv, et cetera? That's from Mark from Waltham. No, I, I think the, the key here is our, our, uh, is this woman, Karen Reed. That's the, the key thing. Is Karen Reed being framed for, for something she didn't do, and it was maybe done by other people who were more connected than her? And... Uh, Turtle Boy has been writing about the case, and are they trying to frame him just to shut him up? And he's and he's done some crazy things. You've heard Tim Bradle talk about it in earlier interviews that he's told him to not to do things, and then he's gone ahead and done it, and he's gotten into trouble. He's 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 fallen into uh, traps, well laid traps. As uh, who who said well? Oh, that's uh, who who said well laid traps recently? I forget. But anyway, that's he he fell into them. But it's. It's it's all about uh, an, an alleged uh, abuse of power, a miscarriage of justice, an attempt to frame a woman who may be innocent, probably is innocent, and to frame a guy who, you know, despite what you want to say about him, is is exercising his First Amendment rights. I don't know if you if he he likes to call himself a journalist. I never liked that word, but that's just that's just the way it is. I mean, it's uh, it it's it's really a bad situation the fact that the feds are going to release all this stuff or want to release all this stuff is is really damning to the Norfolk County District Attorney's office and the Massachusetts State Police stop me if you've heard that one before 844-500-4242 Bob you're next with Howie Carr go ahead Bob Yeah Howie thanks for taking my call you know earlier today you were talking about the high price of different things that in the- in the restaurants and all. Right. Uh, especially with a Biden with a $6 smoothie or whatever it was. But you know what? I 
stop going to this restaurant here in Plymouth because the prices got so high and I stopped going there. So anyway, I got gift cards for Christmas and against my better judgment, I went there to use them up. Yeah. I, I, I was shocked at the prices. Things that used to be 20 bucks are now 35 Things that used to be, you know, $30 and now 55 Crazy what's going on. This yeah, I, I've noticed a restaurant I go to down here, uh, they, they, the price of, a, of an entree went up 2 bucks in a week. Two bucks? Uh, oh, my God. My, my in a week. 50%. <laughs> yeah. No, you just haven't been there for a while. I saw I saw it from uh, one Saturday to the next. I you know and it's it's just crazy and and you know he just keeps talking. He just keeps saying that it's you know even even the lefties you know this this woman who used to work for Bernie Sanders and then went into his uh, his White House said he's got to stop talking about Bidenomics. It's BS. You know you can you can convince people you can lie to somebody. If they're not paying attention, or or it's uh, something they're uh, they, they're not intimately familiar with, food prices, gasoline prices, the cost of housing, people are, people understand that kind of thing instinctively. They I read a story last week that said uh, you you need to have to to own a house now. On average, in the United States, you need a household income of $124,000 a year. I mean, and that's that includes every state in the union. Think how much you, you, you have to earn to afford a house in a place like Massachusetts or anywhere in New England. Trump keeps talking about that, how the, about the cost of energy. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a good issue to be throwing out there every night in, uh, in New Hampshire, you know? It's it's just out of control. Everything is out of control, and it and it just gets worse. He he declared the Houthis are, are a uh, are a terrorist organization after he bombed them. The first thing he did when he got into office after he closed down the Keystone Pipeline was he shut down. Uh, he 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 said uh, I'm I'm not going to have the Houthis be uh, a terrorist organization anymore because they're connected to Iran, and he was giving billions of dollars to Iran. Now they start bombing the shipping in the Red Sea. He has to he has to bomb them, and now he's declared them a terrorist organization. We'll be right back with George Hill. I'm Howie Carr. From the Matthews Brothers Studios. 844-500-4242. And another story that uh, hasn't gotten as much publicity as it's probably going to uh, involves uh, the the uh, chairman of the Judiciary Committee in the House of Representatives, Jim Jordan, has, uh, has filed a, uh, a request from a, a former Treasury Department official, and uh, he wants to find out about the actions actions, excuse me, of an obscure, uh, to me anyway, obscure uh, agency, Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, FinCEN, that's in the Treasury Department. And uh, it's it, they, they apparently, during uh, the January 6th uh, uh, time frame, they began uh, seeking out from various financial institutions uh, 
they wanted them to comb through private transactions of their customers for quote unquote suspicious charges on the basis of protected political and religious experience. Like if you uh, if you used a, a term Trump or MAGA, you would be flagged by these financial institutions. If you shopped at a place like, among others, believe it or not, Dick's Sporting Goods or Cabela's or Bass Pro Shop, if you bought a Bible, they the feds were interested in uh, knowing. You, you might be a, a MAGA terrorist, apparently. It's just, it, it's really ast- astonishing. And uh, so we, we wanted to talk about this uh, with, uh, with George Hill. He's a, uh, FB, he was an FBI analyst in Boston, and he was one of Jim Jordan's whistleblowers last year uh, when, they were, uh, when, when it came to light that the, the uh, feds, the FBI in this case, not the Treasury Department, was, uh, was trying to get records and was succeeding in getting records from the Bank of America about credit card transactions for people who were uh, happened to just everyday Americans from outside the Beltway who uh, used their credit cards in Washington, D.C. on January 5th and January 6th as if, as if somehow that was probable cause to, uh, to, to begin a full-scale uh, proctological examination of uh, everybody's uh, financial records. It, it was outrageous, and George Hill testified later on before the committee, and uh, he has an understanding of what the feds have been up to, uh, and whether it's in the FBI or the Treasury Department. And uh, he's joining us now to give us some uh, insight into what's going on. George Hill, thanks for being with us again here on the Howie Carr Show. Howie, thank you very much for having me back. So what, tell, us, tell us how significant this is, that the, that the Treasury Department has this uh, enforcement arm that is, that is trying to investigate purchases at a, at a sporting goods store and of Bibles, among other things. So FinCEN is actually very important to, to federal law enforcement, and especially uh, when it comes to the movement of large amounts of, of, of money uh, through the big mega banks, you know, like Citibank, Chase, those. And all those banks, you know, uh, have run afoul of FinCEN at some point in time. And they're primarily concerned with, you know, like Russian, you know, oligarchs, you know, overseas transactions, cartels. Terrorism, too. Things. Well, terrorism, yeah, but to a lesser extent, because right now when we talk about terrorism, you know, we're primarily talking about terrorism emanating from the Middle East, and they use the Hawala network. So tracking money uh, for, for FinCEN for terrorism really is a, is a wasted effort. Um, so when I testified, you know, I talked about Bank of America, how they uh, data mined their customer base for everybody who was in D.C. on January, from January 5th to January 7th, and then they racked and stacked that, and anybody who had ever purchased a firearm went to the top of that list. So what I warned about during my testimony was that, you know, this is one that I know of, Personally, but you know, yeah. it's like when a cop arrests somebody, the first thing out of the criminal's mouth is, "Oh, it's the first time I ever did this," and the cop says, "No, <laughs> this is the first time you ever got caught." Right. You know, and it's the same thing with the bank. So here we see now we have evidence that this is widespread. This is a whole of government effort. We know that Director Ray was uh, lied in front of Congress when he said that 
that the uh, the lead that was sent out to the field office was rescinded. Well, not maybe lie, but he was kind of playing with the English language. Like, when was it rescinded? Because I know that three weeks before he went and testified that it had not been rescinded, and that was well over two years uh, after the FBI ingested that list from Bank of America. So, so now we have this this whole of government effort to continue to push this narrative that we have these nationwide white supremacists who go to church on Sunday and, and prefer a Latin mass or have the nerve to speak up at a school board meeting, um, it's, it's pretty pervasive. Yeah, you, you know what I was thinking about when I read this uh, letter yesterday from Jim Jordan to this, uh, to this guy who used to work in the Treasury Department? This started when Trump was president, when Steve, Steve Mnuchin, who was one of his allies, was running the Treasury Department. And this is going on under his nose. Yeah, I mean, that's, the, like, that's what they like to point out, right? The folks over at MSNBC, like, oh, this started under the Trump administration. Look, this is, this is I, I know people chafe at the term, the deep state, but this is permanent Washington. Okay, these are the men and women who come up through the ranks 10, 20, 30 years. They see administrations come and go. It's not some guy wearing an eye patch stroking a white Persian cat. I mean, this is just permanent Washington, and they protect their own interest. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all that it started under the Trump administration. I mean, they just didn't care, did they? They didn't care who they uh, who who they were working for. They were just whether it's the FBI or the Treasury Department or God only knows what other federal agencies. They're just going to do what they damn well please. And they, and they, in the case of the FBI, they were they were trying to uh, to to frame uh, the the president of the United States. Yeah, there's no accountability, is there? You know, I mean, we see these people come before Congress and. They get their two-minute soundbite, and they get their hit on Fox News later on or Newsmax, and that's pretty much the end of it. Um, you know, and it just continues on and on and on. But this thing with FinCEN and this recent effort by Jordan is significant in that they also are collecting data from three of the largest gun retailers in the country. So if you follow the Bank of America model – yeah. You collect all this information. If you bought a Trump flag for your front yard or a hat or a bumper sticker. Or a Bible. And then if you bought a gun, you go to the top of the list, right? Oh. is that So that's what it was all about. Sure. So if they can match you, if they can match you up with buying a MAGA hat or a Trump flag and then you buy a gun, then then you become number one with a bullet on the hit parade, on the FB, on the Fed's hit parade. Right. So under Title 18, U.S. Code 926A, um, the federal government is prohibited from uh, creating a firearms owner's database. It's called the Firearm Owners Protection Act. Right. And so that's what they're doing here. They're, they're not just identifying. So they're going around a law premises. that's on the books. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes, sir. <sighs> This is really this is really bad. You think uh, you think Jordan will get anywhere with this uh, investigation? Look, I, I want to give Jim Jordan the benefit of the doubt, but you know I have to go on evidence. I haven't seen any evidence of progress or movement. 
this this is really something. And this this uh, Noah Bischoff. Do you do you know who this guy is? I mean, he's not. I assume he's not a Trump guy because he's he's in San Francisco now. And uh, I just yeah, he's uh, with Plaid. He's with Plaid, which is also in the financial industry. They are. We don't deal with them. You and I at our level. Well, maybe you do. Making you know the big bucks. No, I don't. I mean, they're they're <laughs> they're a facilitator. You know, they're they're kind of like a, a a localized version of, of Swift. You know, uh, moving money around through financial networks. Hmm. You know, so he's still in the business. But you know, I mean, when they when they started going after Russian oligarchs. Um, FinCEN dropped the ball on that one as well. So these people do what the hell they want to do. You know, people should take Chuck Schumer seriously and take him at his word when he said that if you go against the intelligence community, they got six ways from Sunday to get back at you. People should pay attention to that. Is this is this uh, FinCEN that, uh, that, that Jim Jordan's going after, was this created in the wake of uh, 9-11 and another one of these things like the FISA courts that were created with purportedly good intentions, but have just, uh, you know, metastasized out of control into a, just a, a way to oppress the, the citizens? I'm sorry, I'm going to have to go by memory. I think it is a post-9-11 construct, um, as you alluded to earlier before, to go after terrorism financing. Um, but they're the ones that do the um, the suspicious activity reports that uh, the Biden crime family has amassed what, I don't know, thousands of Oh, okay. So they have done some they have done some decent work then. They flagged if they flagged that. Yeah, no. They, look, I mean, if you want to you know, thwart organized crime, um, you know, they're well positioned to do that because as much as people want to, you know, say that it's changing and the, the global winds are shifting, the U.S. dollar is still the international currency of trade, trade by an order of magnitude. Everything, the Treasury Department has a, a, an eagle-eye view over all of that, and they have the mechanisms, and I'm talking about you know computer programs and, and protocols and people to, to, to track that. So they could absolutely be a very you know powerful force for good. Yeah. But like so many other things, you know, just like the Patriot Act or Pfizer or expanding 702, all those things could have been a force for good. Right. But, you know, if, if men were governed by better angels, we wouldn't need three branches of government. Right. This is something the Founding Fathers understood very well, but we seem to have forgotten the, uh, the lesson that they gave us, which is, you know, you, we, are, we, are not, uh, we are not perfect creatures. We are, uh, we are imperfect, and uh, we need to keep eyes on one another. And I, and I don't mean fin, FinCEN or FISA Court or Patriot Act eyes. George Hill, thank you very much for being with us and uh, spelling, trying to spell this out. We're going to keep an eye on this, and uh, stay, stay in touch with us, and uh, we'll, we'll have you on again to discuss this as if, there, if there are developments. If Jordan, if Jordan gets lucky, I'm keeping my fingers crossed and, uh, and is able to turn up something. But at least, at, at least we, we, the first step is knowing what you're up against. Thanks for the call, George Hill. From, uh, he's a former FBI analyst, and uh, he was a whistleblower last year for Jim Jordan on the Judiciary Committee. I'm Howie Carr. The Howie Carr Show will be right back.
Emperor of Hate, Alicar, is back. Gail in Texas says, remember Rush Limbaugh said during Obama that you'll never find a smoking gun memo from Obama telling anyone to do this or that. The moon bats will just do this stuff without orders, gladly. Because they know there's not going to be any pushback. They can get away with it. You know, this this guy Bischoff that uh, Jordan wants to talk to, he, he, he was working for Mnuchin, who was an ally of President Trump. He didn't care. None of them cared. Christopher Wray was the director of the FBI appointed by Trump. And he, and he just kept it under his hat that they had this, this Hunter Biden laptop and that everything Joe Biden was saying about it was a lie. Ugh. What, it's, it's really, really a mess. 844-500-4242. Meanwhile, there's uh, breaking news tonight uh, from Atlanta, too. Uh, the, uh, the judge in the, uh, the Trump et al. Uh, RICO case with the, that's based on the phony phone call that the uh, Washington Post made up or had, they said a source made it up and then they printed it. The, uh, the judge in that case has ordered a hearing on February 15th, the same day as the uh, next hearing in the the uh, Karen Reed case in Dedham locally. And uh, they're going to discuss uh, the, the allegations by one of the defendants that, uh, that they've engaged in uh, misconduct, the DA's office, the prosecutor, and her special prosecutor, who's also her boyfriend, that she's paid uh, $650,000 to. And so today they've leaked out a bunch of emails that, uh, that Fannie Willis, this, uh, this entitled... Uh, black district attorney, the daughter of a black panther, is saying that she's a victim of racism. She's writing these, not only saying it in public at the, at the church uh, on Sunday, but she's also saying it in emails to the defense attorneys that she's a victim of racism because they, they want her to respond to emails. This is part of the discovery process as you put together a trial. You know, you have to have contact between the defense and the prosecution. But she says... Uh, in the legal community, in the world at large, some people will never be able to respect the African Americans and or women as their equal and counterpart. She, this through the defense attorneys. They, they, there's no racism in these emails. Do you think they're putting racist comments, misogynist comments in emails, knowing it could be leaked out? This is a burden you, meaning the white guys, do not experience. Further, some are so used to doing it that they are not even aware that they are doing it, while others are intentional in their continued disrespect. Now, you know I cannot be bullied, so I do not even think anyone on this team thought any, someone was silly enough to try that as a tactic. As you are aware, I have now experienced some of the most powerful people in the country call me everything. But as a child of God, but a child of God, but yet here I and my team stand still pursuing justice. Give me a break. Give me a break. So she's trying to stop giving a deposition in the uh, the boyfriend's divorce case on January 23rd, and you know she filed a motion in that, and she said, you know this uh, this hussy had an affair with my boyfriend's best friend. Not in quite those terms, but that's what it boiled down to. So she's trying to stop that. And she's try and they're gonna have a hearing on whether to unseal the sealed divorce records, which has all the records of all the uh, the living here, lying there living here, loving there, lying in between. That's a it's just a it's just a 
a real mess. And she says all these hearings will damage her uh, professional reputation. And the lawyer that filed the, uh, these allegations against the district attorney accusing her of being a sleaze and hiring her boyfriend for $650,000 said, how can testifying truthfully in a deposition damage someone's professional <laughs> reputation? I think that's a really good question. And I think it's very racist of him to raise that, her to raise that question. I, it's a female lawyer raising the question, so it can't be sexist, I guess. But uh, this, is, this is really uh, out, of, out of control, and they're, uh, they're losing it. There's, a, there's a, even a big story in the, uh, in the New York Times about this, which is almost on the level. Here it is. Trump prosecutor in Georgia seeks to avoid testifying in colleagues' divorce case. <laughs> That's not a good headline for someone who's in elected office and is trying to put the former president of the United States in prison. All right. We will have so much more tomorrow, and it's been a very busy news day, and uh, hope you've uh, hope you've enjoyed it. We've had a great time on the show today. I'm Howard. Go get it!